Hey everybody, this is Jerry Nash, your humble history boy. As always, thank you for listening. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. Mm. Um, we did it. Of, of the history boys. Yes, uh, thank you all for listening. Let's see, who do we have with us today? <laughs> yeah, it's not Chris. It's like, not Chris. Chris intro. is in Peru. You already know he's not here. He's not here. Because he did an intro, <laughs> yeah. But we got Maddie Moon, I'm here. All right, all right. I'm here, and um, I'm a history boy. Dope. Right? That's yeah. What, that's what we usually say. <laughs> I'm, like, thrown off. <laughs> Who else do we have here? Uh, I'm Zach Mech. Uh, I am slowly going insane. <laughs> Very sore in both uh, senses of the word, and, and I nice. am a history boy. And dear listener, he looks it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's slowly losing every, all of his... Sanity. I, I look Before like I everyone needs a drink. I think you look good. I think you look, uh, you kind of have like a Master Splinter vibe today. So <laughs> He does have a Master Splinter vibe today. It, it doesn't help that I'm wearing my sewer robes uh, as we're recording. He stinks to high heaven, let me tell you. Yeah. He's down there looking for coins and stuff mm-hmm. in his trenches. <laughs> true, true, looking for those doubloons. Yeah. And filling in for Christopher Whedon, uh, I am Tyler Armitrout, former, current, and always in spirit history boy. Indeed. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be hanging out with everybody. Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. First first episode of uh, 2024, or as mm-hmm. I like to call it, the Quattro. Nice. <laughs> I dig it. I think it's officially been a year that I've been on yeah, the podcast it has. now because it was like yep. January. Yeah, yep. yep. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I don't know if it's exactly, but yeah. Well, let's let's pretend. We'll pretend. Yeah. No. Well, today, gang, we're going to do an episode that uh, Armor Trout requested that we do. He goes, Next time I'm on, let's do. <laughs> I won't be on unless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I demand that we do the Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, folks. The Teapot Dome scandal, the most. I think I think we referred to it as like the highest profile scandal in American political history prior to Watergate. Yeah, up until Watergate. Yeah, up and uh, right. right, that's what I meant. Yeah. Right, up until Watergate. Yeah. Wait, I thought the Teapot Dome was uh Bob's Java Jive, the comedy club down in Tacoma that's shaped like a teapot. <laughs> that used to have a monkey that would smoke cigarettes. You guys ever heard about Seriously? that? Seriously? Yeah. Seriously, like you guys a real heard monkey? I've never yeah. heard of that. Is yeah. that the same as the gorilla that, like, like no, Christy no, the Clown there's, style? There's the gorilla that was on uh, uh, Satsakomba Way. Yeah, okay. So that's a different, uh, that's that's a different, different primate. D- different primate completely. Uh, one was in a <laughs> yeah. for the comedy. One's a the monkey, other... one's not. Yes. One's <laughs> in the, <laughs> one's the comedy, one was for the drama. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, does anyone know anything about the Teapot Dome before we. Uh, Continue. I just looked up a picture of it. I I don't think I've ever. It is a landmark. The right. teapot uh, rock is a landmark. Is it in um, Yellowstone? It's in Casper. It's outside of Casper, Wyoming. Yeah. Mm. Oh. It's actually not a real teapot, guys. <laughs> Damn. It used to be a rock that looked like a teapot, but it was struck by lightning and that part fell off, so it doesn't look like a teapot Metal. anymore. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say then it got struck by lightning and came to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like and a Wendy music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wendy tried to shredding. tried to smash smash Manhattan or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Teapot Dome attacks Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> Teapot Dome caused nine eleven. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Well, before Scooter Libby and Valerie Plame, before Monica Lewinsky, before Iran Contra, before Operation Ill Wind, nice. uh, <laughs> before Debate Gate, before Rusty Butts, nice. right, during the Ford administration, uh, and before Watergate, there was Teapot Dome. And it was the, the, like Tyler said earlier, the biggest political scandal that had to do with corruption, mm. uh, government corruption, uh, to that point. There was still Grant's second term, which is considered almost as corrupt as uh, what we're about to talk about here. But this one, it went all the way to the top, right? So so what years are we talking, and who are the players involved? Oh, we're going to talk about that. But the years we're, we're talking about, we're going to be concerned with 1920 to really 23. We're going to go beyond that. But those are the years of the... Harding administration, Warren G. Harding. Mm. We're coming out of World Warren War One. Yes. yes, yes. Back during the Taft administration, before World War One, um, he had set aside certain land that was min- rich in minerals, rich in oil, most specifically, in case of a national emergency or like a a war, right? Mm. So we had our own oil, coal, oil, things like this. After World War One. Great Britain and the United States, they switched switch their ships of their navy to oil rather than coal. So oil all of a sudden became way more important, right? And there's a whole history with oil and all that stuff that I'd like to get to in a different episode. So those um, so those ships were running on like just like standard petroleum products like gasoline, or was it like a different kind of refined coal. fuel? Okay. It was coal. There were oh, coal ships. Well, I mean like after they switched over to... It was, yeah, there were oil-powered ships. Okay. Petroleum, uh, jelly, clean coal, all that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Vaseline. Right. To, to oil. <laughs> running on Vaseline-powered uh, ships. Yeah, just, uh, the plan was to slip and slide across <laughs> across the oceans. <laughs> we're just going to slide across like, it. We don't know enough about oceans, whether <laughs> this will work or not, but my, my we're going to try it. <laughs> My dad's used to go on a cruise in the Caribbean, and I believe that cruise was uh, powered by petroleum jelly. Yeah, <laughs> many <laughs> many people way. just rubbing petroleum jelly on the bottom of the ship. Yeah, yeah. it was it's a gay cruise. It was a gay cruise. It was gay. Yeah, cruise. yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's that where he's, go- that's yeah, where he's okay, going. That's where he's going for. Okay, yeah. it, Please tell it. me it was called the Cruising Cruise. Um, <laughs> it very well could have been. <laughs> that's what they called it. Well, the three sites that that are important to this story that were set aside, that belonged to the Navy, uh, that were on public land. This is our oil, you know, that belongs to the country. It's American oil. Yes. That's right. Yes. Um, Best can. These sites are called Elk Hills and Buena Vista, California. Those two. That's a good view. And the one in Casper, Wyoming, was Teapot Dome. And around that area, there was a lot of oil. And a lot of these greedy, rich oilmen salivated at these three sites. As they you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Cowboy hats, yep. cowboy yep. boots, cowboy do, ties. Yeah, <laughs> oh, ties. Possible, yeah. Just uh, two guns that they shoot in the air and yeah. dance around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big big turquoise vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where they got that from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing Charlie Day in that episode of It's Always Sunny. I'm an oil man. I'm yeah. an oil man. So could I fill you up? <laughs> I ain't gonna take no for an answer. <laughs> I think I have a touch of the consumption. I think that's why Chris 
says consumption yeah. a lot is because of that. And this Can will be. be our honorary mention yes. of the consumption for because this episode. Because it's not mentioned any, yeah. anywhere else. In Nobody this gets tuberculosis in this, yeah. in this episode, Aww. unfortunately. Don't turn it off. Keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a good story. <laughs> but plenty of people get herpes. Uh, there, There is a healthy dose of uh, cloak and dagger intrigue in this episode. I thought you were going to say chlamydia, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't sound like that. There might be, actually. (laughs) I'm not going to put it past what happens next. I mean, if these 20s were anything like my 20s. (laughs) 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 Got to get that uh, hot shot on your pee-pee. Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, the other places they wanted to tap were the Indian reservations that were also oil and mineral rich. So basically, take away like land on the Osage reservations, things um, and Lakota, Dakota, things like this, uh, to take their oil. Uh, yeah. So it no longer belongs to the uh, native population. Which maybe they could have had some money, they could have wheeled and dealed, but no, it was stolen. And oh no, they were they would made. never let them do that. Yeah. No, and <laughs> it was bipartisan too. Republicans and Democrats all favored. Stealing oil from the natives. <laughs> hey, they're just reaching across oh the aisle. You know what I mean? I know, right? Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Now, after World War One, the United States was war weary. Uh, a lot of people didn't want to enter the war um, in the first place. The fact that they came home all blown up to no jobs or anything like that. We were still on a war economy. Have yet to switch over. A lot of people were reeling from progressive era policy. And they blamed a lot of the poor economic conditions mm-hmm. on the war and progressive era policy. So there was a rejection, a, a reactionary rejection mm-hmm. against the, the progressive era as a whole, including conservationism, like Teddy Roosevelt era conservationism. Nice. Drill, baby, drill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get this economy moving again. <laughs> you know. I'm so glad we care so much about it now. I know, right? Well, thanks, Obama. A hundred years later. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and especially at this time, you know, we balance the budget. It's like, oh, yeah, how'd you do that? You sold away public lands to corporate interests to... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like, oh, God. That won't backfire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, how do, how do you think the Donnie Trump administration got to energy, being able to export energy? Yeah. It was through this same mode of operations, reducing national parks by 85, staggering 85% certain ones to open it up to commercial extraction. Yeah. So, any, uh, any, any, any fracking yeah. way they could. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whoa. You, don't give it, don't give them that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're going to take that run with it. It's yeah. going to be the, the Trump 2024 <laughs> slogan. Yeah. yeah. You better trademark that, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TM, 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 TM. And of course, President Wilson was infirmed. He had a stroke. Um, not a lot of people knew about that until later. His wife was kind of the president, technically our first female president. And this was Woodrow Wilson's wife? Yeah, yeah. He, everyone knew he looked bad. You know, when he would come out in public, he would sit very still, and he looked frail, he looked bad. And people were like, let's, you know, after war and all this stuff, let's just do something different. And that's kind of how the public sought, you know, is we gotta do something different. So they actually want to do something different, versus now when... 
we have a fucking politician who literally freezes on stage and forgets where he is and his mind goes into the fucking void. Yeah, which one? Yeah, <laughs> both of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what ghoul Just, are we talking about? Yeah, which right one? Now? Which ghoul? The, yeah. Is it Mitch McConnell? The short oh, one that looks oh, like a tall, turtle. skinny one. We, we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, a yeah. lot of ghouls that are doing that right true, now. True. <laughs> and yet we still, you know, nothing Re-elect changes. them again and again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like they're fucking teachers with tenure. This is fucked <laughs> up, guys. It really is. Yeah. Like, they can do on, no wrong. Guys. Let's get some of those Gen Z kids up in there. No cap for real, real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> real, sh- really shake it all up. It would at least be, yeah, somewhat of an improvement. I want a politician with Riz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that is as much as I know. But yeah, uh, unemployment was high. Things like this, you know, soldiers were coming back to no jobs. And of course, the United States at this time was in the grip of its first Red Scare. You know, they they wanted to switch immigration policy to be more stringent because they didn't want any of those Eastern Europeans that came over Poisoning the blood of the American people? With Bolshevism. (laughs) The ideas with Bolshevism. And of course, there was a healthy amount of uh, anti-Semitism that went along with that. Now, the Republican National Convention for the 1920 election had several candidates, but no real frontrunner, right? It it was one of those years where it was just like, I don't know, anything's possible. Except anything wasn't possible. There were these corporate interests, particularly oil men. Okay. That wanted to get in there mm-hmm. and decide who the next president was going to be, mm-hmm. at least on the Republican ticket, you know, because that's where they had their yeah. buddies, their right. weight, right? right. All, all of the, if you want to call them front runners, the RNC didn't really like them because they had independent streaks or they had certain views, like maybe this guy over here was pro-league, like League of Nations, yeah. couldn't have that. Their ultimate plan, and I'll kind of get into this later, but was to take the two front runners, gang up on the smaller people, eliminate them, and then throw all of those votes behind the guy they really wanted. Oh. Right? And that's how it goes. And by the way, there's huh. a map of all 10 ballots of the RNC that year that shows how each state voted on each ballot. And you can see how it goes to these two dudes. And then all of a sudden, it switches to a third guy, right? It's like, huh. weird, how does that happen? It's, it's like almost like a political uh, equivalent of like a pump and dump. Yeah. Where like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all Crypto worked thing, out in advance, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is the first time I think that they coined the phrase dark horse candidate. Oh. And the dark horse candidate was a obscure Ohio senator by the name of Warren G. Harding. Warren G. Harding was kind of a fence-sitter. He was an ineffectual senator, really not known outside of Ohio. Didn't pass a lot of legislation. He was a self-made newspaper man uh, in his hometown of uh, Marion, Ohio. And he wasn't schooled, really. Mm. Uh, At 18, he became a self-made man. So a lot of people even said, like, he was kind of feeble-minded when it came to intellectual pursuits and, like, policy-making and things like... Like, he didn't really know anything about that kind of stuff. He was just friends with a lot of people. He was involved in all of these, like, fraternal orders. Like, he was a part of the Shriners, like Okara. But the thing is, is he couldn't say no to people. And he... The friends he made were sometimes the wrong 
kind of friends. So he was like Warren G then. The only difference <laughs> is that rhythm was not life. Yes. And life was not rhythm. <laughs> yes. You know, he was, at this time, uh, he was a wet. He was um, a wet? He was a wet. Because it's during Prohibition. Oh. Right? And on the surface, you know, his public appearance, he was for Prohibition. But everybody knew that Warren liked to drink. I won. And so did all of his rich buddies. So was his like public facing persona just him when he's not in party mode? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Pretty, like, like there's it's him with a gin and tonic in hand. Yeah. yeah, there's one photo of him holding a cigarette because he did smoke. Fucking cool. Um, and his wife, his wife hated that. She would always be like, "Don't have a cigarette in front of the press." The like, trick. Well, the trick to that is you, he should have started a podcast with his friends. So then, when his wife was gone, then he could smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's like that. Who's like that? I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. Tyler, it sounds like you want to take a break. Uh, yeah. you want to step outside <laughs> a little bit? A little bit. During the convention, it, it's perceived as deadlocked. This is straight up the smoke-filled room. Like they all went and had these all-night poker games. You know, with like the heads of the RNC. They straight up are oilmen, or ties to oilmen, were all, like, basically discussing how to make the RNC work. They're like, well, which guy are we going to go with? Well, we're going to go with Warren Harding over here because we can easily control him. He's not going to say shit, okay? <laughs> like, all of his buddies are these, like, Ohio guys that are all, we're all in cahoots, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, his whole cabinet is riddled with people that defrauded the government. You know what I mean? Mm. Tell me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's where they all decided that, oh, yeah, no, we're going to gang up on, on these other candidates. Then we're going to push through Warren then, Harding at the very end. Like, Warren Harding, he was only running so he could, like, make his run for his senatorial seat again and, like, have more clout because yeah. he ran for president. Mm. And, like, he even said, like, guess I'm out. And his wife was like, no, we're still in. And he's like, okay. (laughs) I want to be first lady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's just telling him to do things. He's like, yeah, it is a good, you make a good point. I guess we can just do that. (laughs) (laughs) And, And they said, like, I mean, he looks like a president. Like, he has pictures of him, like, his promo pictures. Or him, like, pointing at the camera. Or looking like he's giving a speech. They're really hokey pictures. You know what I mean? This sounds like the uh, like the propaganda in Bioshock. It yeah. kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. People did say that Harding led his life through emotionally held opinions and led his life like through like maxims and cliches. So like if Ew. you could make something rhyme that sounded like a life lesson, he would like take it to heart and that's how he'd live his life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you ever heard like, you know, Apple a day keeps a doctor away and he's like, ha ha mm-hmm. you know, like you I'm do, gonna live you my do life. the crime, oh you do God. the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets like two that are like contradicted and he's like, Oh God, oh, what yeah. do I do? Yeah. Um good thing he wasn't around and Snoop Dogg was was spitting uh uh, Warren G is my hand, and my hand's on the trigger. <laughs> you know? Okay, he would have taken that literally. Exactly, he would have been a cold hard gangster as long as it was cool to all of his friends. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> now Harding's wife, uh, she was the daughter of a banker in Marion, Ohio. Um, she was five years older than him. Um, her name was Ooh. Florence Kling, and uh, her dad was a banker, Amos Kling. 
and he didn't like Warren, and they fought in the newspapers with each other. (laughs) You know, and... It's like uh, the Facebook of old times. Yeah, Yeah, right. And Amos had alleged, which was a bad thing back then, um, that Warren had African-American blood. But that's not the word term he used when he said African-American blood. (laughs) You know? Jerry, okay, can you say verbatim what he said no. slowly and no, clearly I'm not, into no, the I'm microphone? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What he accused mean? him of being a secret Muslim and being from Kenya. Yeah, right, right. Let's <laughs> see his birth certificate. Right. Well, and even the head of the RNC, a uh, fellow by the name of Hayes, of the Hayes Code fame. Ah, right? Not Rutherford B. Not Rutherford B. Hayes. That was a couple of generations before this. Yeah. But Hayes Code fame, he actually grilled Harding. He's like... Do you have any African American blood in you? He was like, "No." Do you want <laughs> any? <laughs> well, Florence, uh, she actually she's kind of interesting. She was hard headed, like like what you said. Like she wanted to be first lady. Like she yeah. did want that like yeah. clout. You Seems know, like I... she was that type of person. She she went to music school. She ran away. She eloped with the guy. Uh, her father kind of like disowned her for a time, but she came back with the child and not and she her said, husband. I need your money, Ooh. daddy. Yeah, and he said no. So mm. she worked as a piano teacher, but he still like welcomed her back into the family. He just wouldn't financially support her. After this, she meets Harding. Amos doesn't like Harding, but they still get married. Harding gives her the nickname the Duchess. Oh. And that's kind of what people call her, the Duchess. And I'm going to call her the Duchess for the rest of the episode. Because she is kind of almost a power behind the throne. She got really involved in his business dealings and everything he did. She's like, this is going to be great for your career. You know, you got to do this. You know. Typical wife. So controlling. <laughs> and, yeah. Running the ship. You know, these yeah. blabbity mouth women. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Maddie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't uh, hit yeah. me, please. <laughs> it feels good to laugh again. Well, meanwhile, the Democrats picked Ohio Governor James M. Cox, um, who was a Wilson man, and his running mate, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Ah, mm. the big guy. Yes, uh, without polio. Yeah. Right now. He's walking around, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing bad ever going to happen to me. He's like, uh, he's like Eleanor's with a friend for the weekend, and I'm dancing the Charleston. Uh, her roommate from college. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and of course there was a socialist candidate, Eugene Debs, ran from prison that year. <laughs> Badass. Yeah. Um, nice. Harding actually did. He didn't pardon him. He didn't pardon him, but he released him from jail. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, was his first, was his thing, was going to be like, first thing I do, pardon myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Could you pardon yourself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How am I going to run the country from prison? Yeah. But the mastermind of this whole plan was Warren Harding's campaign manager and political strategist, Harry M. Doherty. And Doherty, he was like, listen, guys, if we, if we all get together, we can split up this public land. We can we can put it up to some oil men we know who are willing to pay. We might get some money. And hey, everyone's happy, right? Yeah. You know? But everyone has to be in the right place. So he was attorney general to make sure it was all legal. Uh. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> that was his Here preferred we go. spot. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Now, the second mastermind, who basically spelled out exactly what they could do if they had the entire office, uh, was an Oklahoma oil man named Jake Heyman. And he was like, you know, and if I was the Secretary of Interior, I could wheel and deal these... These deals, I could figure it out. Yeah, just make me Secretary of Interior. That's fine, you know, and and I'll figure it all out for us. And then they, they got another uh, friend to be Secretary of the Navy, so they could make a smooth uh, a transition, transition, you know, and handover of this land and have it all be, you know, at least on the face of it, look legal. Legal. And so uh, the thing about Heyman, though, is. The Duchess told Harding, we can't have Haman in the White House because Haman has a mistress, a, a, a woman named Clara Haman. Now, they weren't related, Aww. but their last names were the same. So they could safely check into hotels together and people would think that they were married, but they weren't. Oh, right? So she was a mistress. She you was much younger. You could lie about your last name. You could, but, but people are going to figure that out. Right? Oh, right. I guess. So, Jake Heyman goes, he's drunk, he gets hammered one night, as he's one to do, and he goes back cool to the guy. hotel, and he tells Clara, I have to leave you if I want to go to the White House. You know what I mean? If I want a job in the White House, you, we have to cut Because no president has ever had a mistress. Yeah. Right. Well, he's not the president, he's going to be Secretary of Interior. Or no politician. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I guess. And, and I'm sure that the mistress was fine with this, right? No. She <laughs> pulled out a gun and shot him. <gasps> she shot him. And she's gangster as fuck. Yeah. And there's there's your there, there's your regulators for <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Actually, it seems like all the most gangster people in this story are the women. Yeah. This is straight out of a Scorsese movie, guys. Like all of the stuff that happens in this story, and she straight up played the the defense of I didn't know the gun was loaded. I didn't know it would go off. I'm just a silly I didn't, girl. I didn't know yeah, we, yeah, yeah. playing with her hair. That's, yeah. that's kind of yeah. what she did, and she got off. She got. She's I'm sure she got off more than one way. <laughs> yeah, dear lord. With Heyman out, <laughs> they had to figure out who else for the interior was also going to be friendly to the steel. So they settled on a uh, one of the first senators from uh, New Mexico, a guy by the name of Albert Bacon Fall. Bacon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, bacon. bacon. Really yeah. Um, he had ties to oil men. Uh, California oil men in particular, ones we're going to get to. And yeah, he was he was on board. So he was the new Secretary of Interior. If this all went to plan, basically. Nope. No mistress, not a huge fan of carrying firearms around. Seems like a safe <laughs> bet. He was actually a interventionist when it came to Mexico. Okay. Because there was a lot of oil interests in Mexico, as we learned from the Mexican Revolution episodes. Yeah. And with the Carranza government, which did not want to cooperate with the Americans, you know, there were oilmen that had their own mercenary armies to protect their interests. And and people like Fall, they wanted the Wilson administration to intervene in the Mexican Revolution for those interests. Uh, Wilson refused, but there were others that were like, we should protect those interests, right? Why should we let you take Mexico's oil? Because we already took all their silver and we need yeah. more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as far as Europe was concerned, he was an isolationist. Oh, really? He not for the league. But the oil man that he had connections with was a California oil man named Edward Doheny. Now, Edward Doheny is one of probably the most 
the largest inspirations for uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's character in There Will Be Blood. Okay. Uh, hmm. Daniel Plainview. California oil man. Straight up, he falls down, like, him and Doheny fall down a, a shaft and break their leg, crawl out, and, like, they're infirm for a while, study law, and then they become an oil man. You know, all these things uh, that, that look a lot like Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Or um, the book Oil! Exclamation point. Yeah. Upton Sinclair. We <laughs> yes. like Upton Sinclair. Not a... Not a musical. No. I, the exclamation point is misleading, in yeah, my not opinion. Not quite like Oklahoma. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, and there was also this other issue, and that was Harding's own philandering. Oh, God. He was a bit of a philanderer. And when I say a bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> oh. There was uh, Carrie Phillips. Uh, now, the Phillips family had been friends with the Harding family, and they went on like vacations together. Thing was, is Harding was banging Carrie Phillips, right? Like, her husband found out. So, during the election, they sent the Phillips on an extended European vacation. Hey, that's nice. You know? That was gone by this point. His his new squeeze was a a much younger girl by the name of Nan Britton. Nana Britton. Even during the convention, uh, Harding and... Nan, they would like steal away into like hotel rooms to go and yeah, bang, know, bang. <laughs> and even even when he was elected, she she wrote a book about. It. I'll get to it later, but I guess according to the book, uh, banged on the couch in the Oval Office, in the closet next to the Oval Office, all over the place through through the White House, and had like Secret Service people like let her in at night and stuff. You nice. can still see the stains to this day. <laughs> yeah. They're historical stains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have like a little plaque next to We them. can't wash them off. Yeah. <laughs> this is from the Harding administration. Uh, and she had a daughter, uh, Elizabeth, that was Harding's illegitimate daughter. Ah. And in order to keep her quiet, they paid her a sizable stipend to shut up. And she did. As long as the money came in, she did. That's good. So there was that. There were those two things. The Duchess probably knew about and, it. And didn't care as long as he kept it quiet. Exactly. As long as it wasn't made public. I'm sure the Duchess was also getting piped the entire time. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, was actually being discreet about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe so. Nothing's ever come out about it. But she Allegedly. Was, she was just that good. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Warren Harding won by a landslide that year. And, and the first to, to do so since, first Republican to do so since the end of Reconstruction. In fact, uh, he was the first Republican to carry Tennessee after Reconstruction. Oh. So, A tradition that would carry on to, to this day. To yeah, this day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. And by the way, how Harding won on, uh, on his uh, uh, landslide election, he, he won with two slogans that even... He couldn't really define. He would go on long, rambling speeches, and even people at the time were like, he didn't really say anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but the two slogans he was on was, return to normalcy. Okay. It's almost a, uh, it's like uh, make America <laughs> yeah. great again light, <laughs> like, you yeah. know? Non-committal. Yeah. And also America first. Okay. Of course, right? Sounds right? familiar. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So that's, yeah, that's how he won. His running mate was uh, Calvin Coolidge. Huh. Silent Cal. 
as they called him. He was painfully shy. He's kind of a story for another day, too. Ronald Reagan's favorite president, or at least one of them, uh, because of the trickle-down economics that come from the Harding administration. Uh, Reagan, from this is a quick aside, Reagan, from a policy standpoint is like one of the worst U.S. presidents ever. Like I think, yeah. Essentially, what what he did with mental health and labor are like disastrous, and we mm-hmm. they're a big part of why our country's so fucked now. However, mm-hmm. almost every single one of his quotes are like pure fire. They called him the, the, the great communicator yeah. for that reason. Before the I mean, Alzheimer's got him. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, he liked Coolidge and Harding for the same reason. Like he, his economic policy... Uh, mirrored that in a lot of ways of Harding and Coolidge and even Hoover later. Um, and Hoover would be on uh, Harvey, uh, Harding's uh, cabinet as well as Commerce Secretary. Um, was he in or out of drag when he was doing that humanitarian work? <laughs> Different Hoover. Yeah. <laughs> Different Hoover. Uh, Hooverville Hoover yes. rather than uh, J. Edgar. J. Edgar. Yeah. J. Edna? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, his cabinet was referred to as the Ohio Gang. Like I said earlier, that progressive policy stuff was being rolled back, that trickle-down deregulation had begun, and it was really kicking off the Roaring Twenties. Of course, the Roaring Twenties was a time of political boom uh, for this country, but uh, we saw how it all panned out in the Hoover administration when it all came crashing down, right? Because at some point, the bubble has to pop. Right, and when the bubble pops, it's disastrous, and it was really bad <laughs> when it did pop. It, it's weird. It's almost as if like every time there's unfettered uh, conservative governance, specifically fair, yeah, yeah, uh, regulations, yeah. yeah, deregulation, deregulation. Yeah, yeah, there's always a very short-term economic yep. prosperity boom, followed by essentially. Liberal politics having to slowly rebuild the economy for the next, like, two well, administrations after. In, in our era, liberal po- is what we would call it. Yeah. Uh, back then, you'd call it progressive politics. Okay. Uh, but, but yes, uh, because certain things do need regulation in order to operate humanistically yeah. <laughs> rather than just in, in, in the interests of yeah. capital, right? And, and, of course, Harding and Coolidge, they would, they would and Hoover, would deal with... Uh, railroad strikes, coal miner strikes, all sorts of uh, police strikes. Uh, Calvin Coolidge was kind of picked as a running mate uh, because of how he dealt with the police union strike. How did um, he deal with them? Ah, well, that's these are all a story for another day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay, so some heads were getting bashed in. Yeah, yeah, this is a time where, you know, you hired toughs to go down there and break unions. Where the Pinkertons kind of evolved from a PR, or not PR, a PI, private yeah. investigator agency, to a, a, a strike buster yeah. agency. A bunch and of thugs. Yeah, right. that's pretty much what they turned into. Yeah, they were just guns for hire, basically. Yeah. It's still baffling to me that the Pinkertons are still around and, oh, yeah. like, they have so much power. Yeah. Like, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, Harding's administration and his fence-sitting sort of policy, like, did frustrate both sides. You know, like, he wanted anti-lynching bills in the South, you know? It's a good thing. Which is good. And to be honest with you, I wonder if there's something to that, to that concept alone yeah. of, of, of fence-sitting yeah. at, at this point in history. However, again, Harding was a 
in a way, uh, an old, uh, an old know nothing of of the eighteen hundreds, where he seemed like he would sign executive orders and not read them. Yeah, which definitely happened in this case, where they're like, "Hey, Mr. President, we drafted an executive order for you. Uh, can you just sign it?" And he, yep, and did. And they were like, "He's he didn't read it." And that yeah. somehow exonerates him. And it's like that's bullshit, dude. If you're president of the fucking United States, yeah. Ignorance is not an excuse. Yeah. I'm sorry. You agree to the terms and conditions. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you read them <laughs> yeah. doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you're I, culpable. I'm sorry. I almost yeah. feel like he's kind of like just force gumping his whole way through the whole thing. He's and, failing upwards. And if you changed his cabinet with people that were like a little bit more like ethical or benevolent, mm-hmm. it could have been his, his destiny in terms of how he's viewed through a historical lens could have been way more positive. Oh, for sure. And he just he just like let Jesus take the word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I it's it's smack it smacks in a way of George W. Bush. In a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of that for sure. Yeah. And even Donnie, like, you know, what, what's your favorite book? Yeah. Oh, the Bible. Yeah. What part of the Bible? Uh, I like all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and it definitely has, like, the Daniel Plain view, like, which religion? Uh, I, I like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of reminds me of that uh, that Simpsons uh, bit where, you know, it's like, abortions for all. Yeah. Very well. No Boo. abortions for anyone. Boo. Very well. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for everyone. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this Ohio gang, it would come to symbolize the gold standard for corruption in American history. Oh, well, that's something the, to this... aspire to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, here was the scam. Right? This was the plan from the beginning. Right? Here's the scam. Zach, put in Ocean's Eleven music in post. <laughs> <laughs> so Edwin Denby, who was the Secretary of the Navy, he actually, he took uh, Marines from the from World War One, just a side thing, and he uh, assigned them to guard the mail on, like, mail trains, because they were getting robbed. And so the Marines guarded the mail, like... So it's basically jobs for soldiers coming hey, home. Hey, not right? bad. Which is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. They need to do that now. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> With I mean, all these packages. <laughs> well, I mean, the Army Corps of Engineers, I mean, you know, let's, let's put them to work building bridges. And yeah. Retrofitting our crumbling infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not such a bad idea. But anyway, uh, he would basically sign over the lands in question, Teapot included, and of course, Elk Hills in Buena Vista. He would sign them over to the jurisdiction of the Secretary of Interior, which again is Albert Fall, right? Now, Fall, he'd go, okay, the two oil men that want this area that I know that are going to pay me money to make this happen, in order to make it legal, you had to have a period where there were competitive bids on the land, on any uh, public land. People had to bid on it, so... You get the right price, and the the United States gets their yeah. money, right? Mm-hmm. But he only opened the bidding to these two people, the California guy and the and the guy that wanted it in Wyoming, yeah. which is a fellow by the name of Sinclair. Ah. Sinclair oil, oil, right? Yeah, with a dinosaur on it. Right. Mammoth, mammoth oil is what it was <laughs> yeah. called back then. But uh, the mammoth on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the thing was is that people did have claims on those places before the United States government set it aside. So, in effect, it froze their claims. They couldn't dig on it because it belonged to them, but they still had the claim. So they figured if the United States ever opened it up, hey, they'd get a shot at it, yeah, right? right? Maybe they'd get first refusal, right? They always thought that would be the thing. Yeah. Not so. There were, these were secret bids. And, oh, you got it, kind of a deal. Oh. Mm-hmm. And these guys would still, like, they would come to these smoke-filled rooms, you know, all-night poker parties, and, oh, <laughs> I must be unlucky, lost a bunch of money to you guys mm-hmm. in the poker game. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so now there's all this untraceable cash right. that they all of a sudden have, Tax right? free. Mm. Right? But the one big one that, that concerns this is that Fall got a 0% interest, $100,000 loan back in 1920s Damn. Uh, from, from Doheny uh as a gift, you know, as a loan, a gift from a guy I, I used to know, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Doheny back in his ranch in, in New Mexico, he's paying off his back taxes. You know, he's making all these, like, improvements. And people are like, where'd Doheny, like, where, yeah. where'd Fall get all this money from? He's getting Botox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's nice one and a half million <laughs> yeah. dollars in today's money. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing small here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, like, basically, too, like, what they would do to hide their tracks is they would launder the money, not only through a a dummy company, like a shell company, but they would further launder the money through Liberty Bonds, which are war bonds uh, for World War I, right? So the serial numbers of the bonds could be tracked, but that uh, that was their preferred method of payment to basically bribe these people to pay them off did did the people that they paid off with the bonds have to wait for the bonds to mature oh no, no. okay i mean the war's over okay <laughs> you know i mean they have interest rates on these so it's things. just so there's so there's a uh, there's something on paper well yes but it's also where did the cash go we don't know went through another company and then oh there's bonds, bonds and then so like it's it's hard to untangle yeah. it makes it just harder to untangle when you do that where the money is actually going. Yeah. Right? Sal's Sanitation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vinny's Bistro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Titty Twister. Right? Yeah, Titty Twister. Exactly. <laughs> Vietnamese Nail Salon. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and the thing was, is people like Sinclair and Doheny, they also, because of the debts incurred by the RNC to fund Harding's election, they asked him to basically bail them out. Or bankroll the entire thing. And there was still, like, debts yet to be paid. And these debts were still paid with these bonds that were laundered through uh, dummy companies, yeah. right? Mm. That was just a middleman to make it harder to, to track. To, to track, exactly. There were bagmen, too, that were involved. Like, um, Doheny's son, Ned Doheny, was a bagman that took money from one place to another. And also, uh, Fall's uh, uh, son-in-law was another bagman, right? That that moved in between, and they got like all this money in, in cash, and like even Fall's, I think it was his wife, was like, "Here's where I run off to Mexico." Like yeah. she gra- grabbed like a bunch of money, and like as a joke, you know. And they're like, "That's our mortgage, <laughs> you know, for for this ranch, you know." And this would all come to light later, you yeah. know what I mean? 
Because, again, on the surface, it looks all above board. Yeah. It's not legal to bribe somebody to get the winning bid. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not legal. Well, and also locking out the other people who had claims just yes. by... I mean, I thought that there was something way more nefarious in terms of planning, just like not telling them. They just didn't tell them. Yeah. They didn't tell them. So That's when... got to be a lawsuit, right? Oh, yeah. When the, when the oil men showed up and started digging, and they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know? Like, one guy went to a, a newspaper in Denver. Uh, the Denver Post. And the Denver Post had been recently bought by these two hucksters who ran, like, blackmail scams and shit. Like, these guys, if they were born a couple of generations earlier, they'd be a part of the soap gang yeah. in Denver. Be you know bunko I mean? men. Yeah, bunko men, yeah. you know, for sure. Like, they ran scams and... and Straight up, like, you had to advertise with their paper for them to not extort you for, for advertising money. If you didn't advertise with them, they would talk shit about you in the paper all the time, unless you advertised with them, and then they would stop. Protection. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or if they found out, you know, something about you, you know? Yeah. So this guy, he's like, they're drilling on my clam. What the fuck? I didn't even hear about the bids. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? And they're like, oh, shit, you know? So it got back to the Harding administration, and they paid off the Denver Post. Denver Post didn't care. They got a payoff, and that's usually what they hunted for. Right. So when they when they got their payoff, did they just like start talking shit about the, the other people who had claims and just be like, oh, they're liars? Kind of. Like, like Sinclair, like, instead of, like, they went from talking shit about Sinclair to all of a sudden Sinclair's a great guy, <laughs> you mm. know? <laughs> Sinclair's best boy is with, uh, with Bat Boy and uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, right. just hanging out. It's a rag. Yeah. And a gray. And a yeah. gray. Yeah. <laughs> a single gray. Yes, yeah, one gray. Now, there was a, a place in Washington, D.C. called The Little House on K Street. Okay. Uh, and it was this house where they would have their all-night poker parties, you know. And it was a house of sheer, like, Martin Scorsese-esque debauchery like one time there was like an accident one of the young ladies they had there got knocked out cold and uh (laughs) they had to call a doctor the doctor came down the doctor said when he showed up that there were all of these prominent government officials and a bunch of like half naked half drunk chicks that were just terrified (laughs) Uh, when he showed up you know yeah how did she get quote-unquote knocked out uh, it was it was a accident, but the thing mm-hmm. was is that they they couldn't get let it out that they were having these types of parties, you know, like right. basically like drug fueled, alcohol fueled yeah. orgies yeah. during prohibition yeah. right. with these high level government officials. <laughs> so <laughs> it know? sounds like one of the government officials tried attempting to do the angry dragon on her. She <laughs> didn't consent. The <laughs> it's the details then are actually it, in the it book. It became a donkey punch. Yeah. So. The, the details are in the book, but Harding was there. Mm. Like at that particular party. You know what I mean? Mm. Well. You know, he was one of those guys. Yeah. You know, that's what he liked to do. You know, he liked to sit on the fence and get hammered. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Philander. Yeah, and Philander. Yeah, uh, that's what that Eagle song is about, right? Desperado. <laughs> oh yeah, outright defenses. Now there was a, another guy. He was a go-between at at the higher levels of of the Ohio gang, and he started to get really paranoid. He starts telling, like, close confidants, I think I'm being followed. I think somebody might do something to me. I don't know. And the people are like, what's wrong? Like, 
why would somebody be following you? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just, I, I don't know. I'm upset. I, and he went to like stay at a friend's house and he's like, yeah, just for a couple of days. And it like, wasn't a good time for them, but like, he's like, it's all good. You know? So he's staying there. But like the first night he was there, he is dead. Oh, okay. From a gunshot <laughs> wound to the head. Oh, that now, accident. Now he's right handed, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's right handed. <laughs> the, the gun was in his right hand and he was shot in the left temple. Whoa. <laughs> How do you do that, right? There yeah. was no inquest. Yeah. We don't, it's officially a suicide, but we don't know exactly what happened to, to Jesse Smith. But As, he was the weak link in the chain, and he was no longer there. They got the Mothman on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe uh, these days we call it uh, the Russian fishing trip. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the last time in this story, either. Now, because they started drilling in these used-to-be sort of off-limits areas, conservationists were up in arms about this. You, TR, yeah. like, conservationists. So they wanted the Senate to look into it. They wanted a full investigation into this whole thing. The, the guy that was tapped to do it was, was a guy by the name of Thomas J. Walsh from Montana. He was a Democrat. Uh, a good Democrat for his time. Bit of and, a hippie, sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he thought that the, it, it must have been nothing. You know, this is just a conservationist blowing a, a, an, an alarm for nothing. You know, he thought it was it had to have been all above board. Yeah. You know, so he begrudgingly looks into it. Uh, by the way, uh, he the KKK hated him and they were active in, in Montana at the time. Um, he supported Still active now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To this day, uh, he's uh, supported women's suffrage. Uh, by the way, the first election, uh, presidential election that women could vote in was the Harding election. Oh. And the news of the time is like, and even now, is like, oh, because he was so good-looking, yeah. women <laughs> voted for him, <laughs> and that's why he won by a landslide. Because men certainly don't vote based off looks at all. Right, right. Well, and have you seen Harding? Is Harding that good-looking? <laughs> I saw, I looked him up, but it was all like old pictures. By 1920 standards, he was a real uh, Ryan real, Gosling. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. I don't fucking know. I mean... He looks like he's got a big package. <laughs> Girls don't, don't... They don't really care about that. He's got... He, he got that girl. That's what my That's what my wife told me. She's, she said it's fine. She doesn't care. She said the reason why her Instagram says size queen on it is because that's the size of the bed that she wants me to get. I was like, hey, you forgot a colon in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, realistically, though, it's I think that it's probably because the Duchess was the one that was yes. pulling, pulling the strings and no, was right. marketing him. To be more palatable to women voters. I agree with you. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, I think the Duchess was definitely a power behind the throne, and her influence is what swayed the female vote, not Warren Harding and his quote-unquote good looks. Right. I just simply doubt that. So the the female electorate like kind of like knew who was who was really running shit, and they were essentially <laughs> voting for her. Right. Well, maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, in a she roundabout was smarter way, than maybe. Warren. Yeah. I'm sorry. Women probably know that. Yeah. Yes. Women's gonna do a uh, better job. Walsh Walsh was also a dry. Okay. And he was for prohibition. 
And uh, he also Fucking opposed. <laughs> what a yeah. loser! He opposed child labor, and which this was this guy's not cool at all. I like how child labor is becoming a thing again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tiny hands uh, yeah. get into all the small crevices. Yeah, yeah. Like, into the gears yeah. of the of the broken. There's a reason machine. you can drive at like 16. Yeah, so you can fucking drive a tractor across the fields. And yeah, we need to get to fucking work. We That's need to pretty stop much these the children yeah, from getting is. trafficked and get them back in the factory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't, Let's can't, stop. It's true. Yeah, we're not going to exploit them that's, that way. That's the coded rhetoric behind right. all of that. Look, I'm just saying that kids can't get in trouble. Can't you know get affiliated with gangs and stuff when they're. Way too tired after 14 yeah. hours yeah. at the factory. Right? Yep. right? You can't get in trouble when you have a job. Yep. Now, Harding, as far as the public was concerned, things were going great under Harding. He was very popular. He went on a, in 1923, he went on a tour of the United States and he wanted to go up to Alaska because mm. there's oil in Alaska. Mm. <laughs> you know? So when they did go up there, he had all of these speaking engagements, and they and they just scheduled them one after the other. And he got so tired, and everyone was like, "He he doesn't look good." <laughs> and after he came back from Alaska, like he was going through uh, Seattle, and people were like, "He doesn't look good." He ended up going down to uh, San Francisco, and he died there during this tour. <laughs> And we don't know what he died from. They from a say, ghost tour? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you said tour. No, he OD'd at Haight-Ashbury. Yeah, on. yeah. We don't know what he, what he died from. Um, it's still a mystery to this day. People do, you know, perpetuate conspiracy theories that his wife poisoned him. I don't really see what she has to gain from yeah, doing something like that. It's not like, like she that. becomes the new president. I know, right? right? That's not succession. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, like, you know, maybe she found out about his philandering. Again, I think she already knew about his yeah. philandering, and she just didn't want it to be public. But just before then, uh, Harding went to, like, one of his confidants and was like, Hey, man, if you knew about something that was bad for the country, but if you exposed it, it'd be bad for you as president, would you do it because it was the right thing to do? Hmm. He's like, what are you talking about? Probably knew about teapot. And yeah. the fact that all these people were skimming off the top, taking bribes, and all this to make this happen on the naval land, right? right? There's that aspect to it. We don't know anything further. And another big reason why we don't know why or what for Harding died from is because the Duchess only trusted their hometown doctor, who was a holistic Type of doctor. Ugh. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> and, and Fucking Gwyneth Paltrow ass. <laughs> yeah. I liked you. She probably yeah. had a vagina set of candle too. <laughs> you just need essential oils. Yeah. So we, it's still a mystery as to what he actually died from. Many still think it's a stroke or heart attack or something like that, but we don't know, right? Let's exhume his body. Well, people have tried. <laughs> People have tried, and actually, they struck it down, so we can't see it. Well, you, you know? can't get much from bones, anyways. But yeah, That's... maybe they they did like a Homer Simpson and put some uh, radioactive material in his pocket. Yeah, and was like, hey, look at this cool rock. It's yeah. good luck. And yeah. then that's Rub how it on he, your teeth. Yeah. That's how he died. And so, if we exhume yeah. his bones, it'll be glowing. Yeah. Right, right. There you go. Right. Yeah. So he died on August second, nineteen twenty-three. Um, oh, I didn't even finish at, his term. Nope, nope. At the uh, presidential suite of San Francisco's uh, Palace Hotel. 
Um, now, details of Teapot would not come out until after, way after. Um, Once the money's all gone. Basically. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and he was, you know, when a president dies, too, especially one that is as popular as he was, people didn't want to talk shit about him. People didn't want to sully his name. But when all this shit came out, now we consider Harding and his administration to be among the worst of like, our of our guys. history. So they had they did the the Lincoln train that took the dead body all yeah. the way back. You know they had the big funeral. Calvin Coolidge and his wife they were on vacation at their parents' home at his parents' home at the time, and they woke him up in the middle of the night. And his father, who was a justice of the peace, swore in his son as president. Huh. Which is crazy, yeah. right? So, yeah, Calvin Coolidge's dad swore him in as president of the United He's States. Like, Thanks, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Silent Cal, he probably didn't know anything about it, or at least that's what he projected. Because, like, he asked Taft, who was now Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, because Harding uh, appointed him that. Um, he was like, "Dude, do nothing." Yeah. Because if you jump in either direction, you're going to look bad. Yeah. So he didn't do anything until it was prudent to do so. And then there was the election year coming up in 20, er, 2024. 1924. Uh, <laughs> all of this teapot stuff as it came out was going to look bad for the Republicans, right? During that 1924 run. <laughs> And look at us now, a hundred years later. Yeah, and right? We've come well, so far. So much has <laughs> changed. Fantastic. So, yeah. Silent Cal didn't know anything that was going on, becomes president, and then is just like, I'm just going to like ride out this last year. And I'd imagine he probably ran in 1924. Anyone. Yeah. And, um, um, and actually, the, the uh, national convention that, that year uh, was, and, and this is just from other historians, they call it the most boring. Uh, national convention of all time. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Because because it was just keep cool with Coolidge. That that was the <laughs> <laughs> that was sponsored by Coolidge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the the uh, the thing that they gave to it. And so they picked him, and it was not a you know whatever. He did win, um, despite the stuff that came out about Teapot, which was troubling for everyone on the prosecution end, because they were like, wait a minute. Does no one care about this? The thing that changed the investigation is when he found out about that 0% interest $100,000 yeah. loan. Uh, turns out there would be much more money, about three times that much money that came to fall, right, through these oil interests. Yeah. Uh, but when he found out about that loan, he's like, wait, a loan? 0% interest loan of $100,000? That's unheard of. No one gives a 0% interest loan on $100,000. So when they questioned Fall, he was like, it was a loan from a friend of mine. I don't know. Everything's above board. It's not a bribe. If I don't know, it's illegal. (laughs) Well, and he, with the first questioning, because they would go through, this whole thing would take years to unravel. Frustratingly, it would take years. And the public, frankly, lost interest. And that's why Coolidge won. That's why Hoover won. It's because this whole time, like, it was front page, but yeah. then it, it sort of faded. You know, things well, like this And you do. can't really pin anything on Coolidge because he didn't know anything. No, I'm no. Su- I'm shocked that the Ohio players, 
is what I've been referring to them in yeah. my mind this whole time. <laughs> the, the, the rubber band men. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, that they didn't just say, like, he seems as ineffectual as the last guy. Let's just... Let's get him in. Let's get him into a poker game and like well, get him up to speed and keep going. Well, uh, Coolidge distanced himself from all those people. Okay. Um, at that time, and when it started to really unravel, there were people still in his administration that were from there, uh, from Harding's. Yeah. That you know, until they say that you did something wrong, I'm not going to get rid of you. Basically, yeah. is is what his mantra was. It was just this prudence, right, so, of like, I will only fire somebody if it's proven that they've done something uh, wrong. Calvin right? Coolidge is Marvel, and all those other guys are Jonathan Majors. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're waiting for the trial, and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Out of expediency. Yeah. Uh, not morality. Yeah. yeah. The thing about Fall, though, is before he testified to the investigation with Walsh, he tried to get other people to say that they gave him the loan, not Doheny. Oh. And see, that was where he went wrong. It's because the guy that he picked to do that was a close friend of his. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll totally do that. He, the first guy he went to was another oil man that was like, no, I'm not going to lie to Congress for you. Yeah, fuck Get off. the fuck out of here, you know? Well, and, and so, like, the, the second guy he picked, they, they grilled him, you know, and turns out that Thomas Walsh's girlfriend... Uh, he was a widower, and she was a New York socialite, really plugged in to the politics of the time. She was like, oh, that dude? That guy's broke as a joke. He doesn't have that kind of money to just loan out at 0% interest. Oof. And he was like, really? So she just threw him under the bus. Yeah, yeah. And so like, he went back and he was like, how much money do you have? To, you know, uh, you know, a lot. A lot. It's tied up yeah. in crypto right now. Yeah. But like, <laughs> well, I promise, what, I have a lot. What came from this was the the Senate basically passed a resolution that the Congress can subpoena anyone's tax returns, regardless of who you are, including the president, including the president. Well, so that has. comes from this. So it came out basically that Fall was lying about where that loan had come from. It's right? Bacon Fall Fall. Yeah. It's the fall of Bacon Fall. Well, and by the way, the term Fall Guy comes from Albert Bacon Fall. Huh. Oh, really? shit. Because he was the Fall Guy. Yeah. You now know what I mean? Of the whole thing, right? You'll, you'll yeah. see it at the end. But but yeah, like, now they had to backtrack, right? And every time they, they wanted Fall to, like, appear in front of the Senate, you know, or whatever, he was so sick. He was at death's door and he couldn't make it. <laughs> Neck brace you know? came. Oh, yeah. It's and, like the Golden like, State Killer. Yeah, yeah, right. And they sent him to like... Harvey Weinstein. They sent, yeah. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. They sent like doctors down and they were like, he's fine. You know, <laughs> oh, I have a nasal infection. Like even people like made jokes like, oh, a nasal infection is going to undermine our entire fucking democracy. <laughs> you know? Right, like Bill Cosby with COVID. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> That nasal infection was just yeah. his coke addiction. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, in every and, and by coke addiction, you mean he drank a lot of Coca Cola, which contained cocaine. He was just the the time, fir- he yeah. was the first to snort it. Yeah. <laughs> and these things they drag out, and it's so frustratingly long because at every point where it's legal to do so, they would drag their feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
they'd be like, well, I'm not coming unless you give me a subpoena. Well, it takes time to get a subpoena. Then you subpoena them. Then they got to come in. Well, if they're too sick to come in, then the da-da-da-da-da. You know, yeah. so they yeah. exhausted literally every avenue they could to drag this out for as long as they could, mm-hmm. right? And still they're they're making that cash yeah. from, from these areas that they are drilling, right? Now, Doheny, he was finally called. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was a loan to a friend of mine. And they're like, well... It's a lot of money. Is and he's like, well, to be a good friend. Well, he's like, <laughs> I, I'm a rich man. Okay. Yeah. And maybe $20 is a lot for some people to loan. $100,000, you know, is like $20 to me. And they're like, well, $100,000 was a lot to Albert Fall. And he's like, yeah, so. Right. <laughs> and they're like, but they couldn't prove. Yeah, no, that, you that can't. it was a bribe. No. They could not prove that it was a bribe unless you... they had somebody that said it was. There's no way you could prove that. I don't. Yeah, unless it was like written explicitly. Unless somebody says, or if they can track down those liberty bonds, yeah, mm. and figure out where those ended up, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. Sinclair is also paying, you know, yeah. his loans or. <laughs> Lost him in a poker game. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. You know, I'd love to help you. I'd love to help you. Yeah. So like, <laughs> with the delays and everything, do you think that whole thing was to get past the statutes of limitations at that point? I think it was to exhaust the entire investigation through changes of administration. Perhaps people would lose interest. Perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, people like Walsh wouldn't be as dogged and, and they'd be like, dude, it's done you know because like this goes all the way to 1929 Mm. from 1923 really is when it starts coming out Mm. and like Mm -hmm. that's so long like the public is not going to be interested in that for that entire decade i'm sorry i was waiting for you to like by the end of this like teapot dome resolved in other news man walks on moon yeah right (laughs) exactly (laughs) well and and you're not far off like 80 years later all of the information actually came out yeah all the guys are dead yeah. In their jewel-encrusted coffins and tombstones, mausoleums. Well, even even <laughs> then, people were dying. Yeah. You know, and these were old men. Yeah. You know, they're, so some of them, Harding, you know, right. these people died. And so... That's how you get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate getaway. And so they're... It would eventually go to court. Whether or not, like, there were trials on whether or not the leases were legal that they made it through the proper channels to actually be legal. They paid off the judges and the jury and in, even intimidated jury uh, jurors. Um, I'd like the first thing rather than the second thing. Well, one guy, one was guy. Was that not illegal at the time? Oh, yeah. It's very it illegal. It was. very No, it is illegal. now. It's but... still illegal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Unfortunately. They just did it. It's intensely illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but like Sinclair and Doheny, like their judge in Cheyenne, um, which is where they held the... Are these lease, leases legal case? That's all they're determining, right? Biggest thing happening in keep Wyoming in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep the lease? That judge, uh, Justice Kennedy, not, no relation to JFK or any of them, he was definitely paid off. Because right after he found them not guilty and these leases were totally legal, he went on an extended Mediterranean vacation <laughs> on their yacht. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, they're not even trying. Yeah. To they're not hide even it. trying. They don't. They still don't and try. By the way, they even I showed just up. Hit the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And by the way, they even showed up, like, all smiles, like the old men showed up, like, I don't even know why y'all showed up. They knew they had every everyone bought and paid for. Like, one guy who was, like, a wireman or something that was on the jury, he bragged in a, like, got fucked up at a bar and bragged to everyone there. He's like, Mr. Sinclair's gonna give me a bunch of money to find him innocent. <laughs> you know? That's the problem with juries, man. Yeah. You can't control them. Well, they got caught. Uh, jury tampering, yeah. and so they had a separate case of jury tampering and jury fraud. Right? So here that we would go. come much later, yeah. right? So there was that. There was also the bribery cases that that had to be gone through as well. Because once Coolidge found that, oh God, this is all up in my cabinet. Fall was already gone. He was like, dude, I only want to serve two years <laughs> to make my money, and then I'm out. You know, that was his plan the whole time. But like. The naval secretary, he was forced to resign, you know, in, t- in total disgrace, because it was clear that he moved over money and got kickbacks. Yeah. But before that came to a head and he had to go to jail, he just sort- he just resigned and said, I'm out, you know. He should still go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> but That's how rich people crime works. Rich That's white men white don't go to jail. Yeah. 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 They just don't. Now... Uh, in 1927, that's when Nan Britton's book came out, and it was considered the first kiss and tell book. Ooh, where uh, it was it was called the President's Daughter, oh. and it was about them banging in the White House all over the place. The fact that she was paid off because once Harding's dead, no one's paying her a stipend. Yeah, she's like, well, I got to get my money from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This book. hell yeah, and it was a huge scandal. All of a sudden, Harding, instead of looking real good. With Teapot and Nan Britton's book is starting to look worse and worse and worse and worse, right? Mm. Coolidge is doing his best to play damage control, basically. And basically trying to clean house as much as he can. He still has Hoover on his cabinet, but Hoover wasn't really involved in Teapot, so he's still there, you know? Makes uh, you wonder what's going to happen when Bill Clinton dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mellon is, the, is still there. He's looked at, like, the power behind the throne. Yeah. Um, but anyway... They're all just playing damage control, and again, the public goes through ebbs and flows of being interested in the case versus not being interested in the case. Sinclair, because there's still the case of, did you bribe someone from the United States government to get what you wanted? There's still that case, the bribery case. So Sinclair goes through that case. The thing is, is there's what, what was called at the time the mystery bonds. Yeah. These bonds with the serial numbers where we don't know where they went. But because they're in a line of serial numbers that were all purchased by Sinclair and used, they think, for bribery, then these few numbers here must have gone somewhere and we don't know where they went. And these ones would solidify the fact that he bribed someone, laundered it through a shell company, you know, like all yeah. these things, right? And, and made all of this happen. But they couldn't find those bonds, so they didn't have proof. They didn't have a case, and he was acquitted. So that's crazy because mm. so many people said it was the biggest miscarriage of justice in American history at well, that time. In mm. order to you, you need you're using the bonds to hide your illegal money. Yes. You need, but the in order to purchase the bonds, yes. you gotta you gotta have those numbers. In right. order to cash the bonds, right, you need those numbers. So no one had cashed them; they were just sitting. Somewhere. So is this like a DB Cooper's money situation where it's like, <laughs> no, oh no? So after after Sinclair was acquitted, he cashed the bonds. The, another guy came out that was that was employed 
with heavy air quotes, yeah. by the dummy company that had the mystery bonds in his safe this entire time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why didn't you come forward? And he was like, I forgot about him. Yeah. And it's like, God. give me a break, dude. Yeah. He didn't go to prison either. It was upstairs in the attic. You know, there's yeah. a bunch of shit it's hard up to there. Get to. <laughs> I, I was going up to get some winter coats. And then yeah. I was like, oh, what's up with this box? Yeah. yeah. Sinclair got off on those charges. Oh, there I'm sure still, he got off. Yeah. There were still contempt of court charges, though, and jury tampering charges that he had to go through. And uh, for that, he'd be fined. And he actually did serve seven months in prison for those charges. God, it sounds like his so. wrists must be killing him from I, all those slaps. All those slaps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got one free chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must be rough having uh, to go to prison and have your steak dinner and yeah. lobster and club fed. Yeah, right, right. And club fed. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> all inclusive. Yeah, yeah. Now, there was something that happened also before Ned Doheny would go to his bribery trial. Basically, there were two bag men, right? There, there was Ned Doheny, which was Ed Doheny's son. son. Another guy that was close with the Doheny family. And uh, his name was Hugh Plunkett. And they were both bag men, right? And they, were ha- they had to testify in this bribery case. And it was coming up. According to the Dohenys, Hugh Plunkett was a crazy man that was... You know, he was prone to ticks, and he was super nuts, and we tried to get him committed, and he refused, and all these things, and right? maybe a communist. <laughs> <laughs> He's a homosexual communist. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, well, he showed up at Ned Doheny's place at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, or something like that, middle of the night, yeah. you know, and he was agitated, is what they said. Mm. And they went, went in the room, and Ned Doheny, like, gave him a drink and, like, tried to talk him down. And he couldn't calm him down, so Hugh Plunkett pulled out a pistol, shot Ned Doheny in the head, and then himself. Hmm. Okay? Now, that is the official story. Case closed. That's the official story. But a lot of people think... What really happened? ...that there are maybe other possibilities. Now, one lesser uh, theory that probably didn't happen, but it was still a theory nonetheless, is that... Lucy Doheny, Ned's wife, caught Ned and Hugh in flagrante and killed them both, right? And then the family covered it up. Hey, part of my accusation ended up being part of one of their accusations. (laughs) That's why why I'm a history boy, you know? Right. Now, it was clear that Ned was shot with the barrel against his head, whereas Hugh was not. And the gun was found tucked underneath his body. There was another theory that was put forward that was much more likely. The fact that Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett, two bagmen, were having pangs of conscience. Mm. Could have blown this whole thing wide open for Daddy Doheny. Now maybe, just maybe, Daddy Doheny is behind the murders of both of them. So he had to get his belt. Yeah. He killed his own kid. Well, maybe someone else did. And they covered it up because Ed Doheny came by later that night and yeah. was like, oh, my boy. Oh, yeah. What have they done to my boy? Look at the massacre, they my boy. massacre, my boy. We don't know. But it's curious mm. because it sounds to me like both of them were discussing flipping yeah. on Daddy Doheny, right? 
and it is reminiscent of the last scene in There Will Be Blood. Because, uh, like, they do talk about, like, well, what if I buy up all the stuff around these places? Yeah. And just, it's drainage. Drainage, Eli, you yeah. boy! <laughs> <You know? laughs> Maybe I could do that. You know, like, there were those things. Ed Doheny had this public face that he would put on as, like, this Irish grandfather that yeah. could, you know, with a twinkle in his eye that could do no wrong, you know. But in all actuality, he was a ruthless businessman, <laughs> right? Also, I feel like so you back know. then being like, like, you're an Irish grandfather, but you're not, like, that Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Albert Fall would go to the bribery trials first. And because he's the historic Fall guy, he was convicted of accepting bribes. Okay. Because they were like, there's no way that those two things aren't connected. Mm. Doheny's loan and, you, you know, all that stuff. Come on now. And justice right. was served, and everybody lived yeah. happily ever after. <laughs> right. no. He served uh, six months of his year sentence. Um, when he came out, he was completely bankrupt, abandoned by all of his political friends, like a f- hot potato. And he spent the rest of his life basically moving from hospital bed to hospital bed before he died in 1944. And this would only really happen in, like, 19. 19- so he basically spent the 1930s in hospital beds and being in and out of hospitals. Got all that money for what? Kind yeah. of thing. Right. Just know? to die broken alone. Now, Doheny foreclosed on that $100,000 loan okay. and uh, Falls Ranch, by extension, uh, which is the most evil thing I can think of. So Doheny <laughs> took Falls Ranch? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Because he never paid him back the zero interest $100,000 loan. You know? That's cold This is it's mine. Cold. So yeah, the, the, the falls were penniless. Uh, his wife, Fall's wife, died soon after him. Talk about a fall from grace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now Doheny, when he went to trial for bribery, they just went, This old man who's so popular in his community, because a lot like Al Capone, he'd throw money around, and yeah. people would be like, oh, what a good guy. Yeah. Yay! But it's all a smokescreen for all the bullshit he's doing behind the screen, mm-hmm. uh, behind the sc- scenes, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone's like, oh, no, he's great. You know, in Southern California, even in, in Cheyenne, and, you know, in some of these places, he's throwing enough money around where enough people like him. He's God, picking up bar tabs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so... The jury just went, and they knew about the mystery bonds by this point. They knew about Sinclair. They knew about Albert Fall, and they still acquitted him. He didn't serve any jail time. Hmm. And even Albert Fall was like, how come I get convicted for accepting bribes, but the guy that gave me the bribe didn't get convicted? That makes no sense. Because <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. He's such a good guy. He's a good guy, and also, like, you can't put an 80-year-old man in jail. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a stupid... That's inhumane. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Fall's excuse for not opening it up to competitive bidding, he hid behind that old, it was in the interest of national security that I didn't open it up to other mm. bidding. Jeez, oh, and it's like, give me a fucking break, dude. So uh, Doheny, he only—the <laughs> thing about him is he only ever—he only lived five years after this case. He was a broken man afterwards, and yeah, he—he he died uh, September eighth, nineteen thirty-five. Like that's that. Again, look where it got you. Like the last god decade of your life was a giant legal battle. And then you die. You know, was it all worth it? Maybe. Hell, I don't know. I don't know how much money they had saved away somewhere. 
In a hundred years, there will be a, a podcast about Donald Trump that is going to end like the exact same way. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> Honestly, if the history boys were around a hundred years from now or whatever, the the Donnie Trump administration and all of that stuff would be a great history boys episode. Yep. It really would. It really would. It has all the all these same marks that we're talking about right now. Sheer corruption, philandering, like just Everything you can think of. And again, you know, this story does go to show, I don't care if you voted for them, you didn't vote for them, no one is above our law. And we do have to, like, take that incredibly seriously. Like, don't don't worship the ground someone walks on just because you voted for them and you think they're the right person. If they did something wrong, they need to be punished, like you or me. Yeah. You know, it's bullshit that they don't, that they can hide behind certain things that we can't hide behind. Right. You know, that's Look, bullshit. I mean, it's it's all about influence. The, like, mm-hmm. it's it's influencer mentality, it's fame, and like... And what's it, it, politically it, it, it's this expedient. sort of like, yeah, uh, celebrity to the point of where they're that of a deity. And, right. and it's... Right. Beyond absurd, and it blows my fucking mind that there are these idiots out there that have their political candidates be it on the left, let's face facts, the centrists, and uh, the more on the right, they have that, like, a a portrait of their nominee next to, you know, a Jesus picture or some shit, and just like... Y'all are fucking stupid. Yeah. They're, they're people. Yeah. They're fucking people. Yeah. Well, they're and, people, and they're right. imbued with a certain trust and power by the people. You know, there's all these smoke-filled rooms, things like this, but people still voted for you to be in this place. Right. And my whole thing is, is if I voted for you and you committed a crime or you were corrupt, that reflects poorly on me. And I don't like that. Right. Right. So all I'm saying is, is if your preferred candidate has done something wrong, you need to hold them accountable. Accountable, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, More so than anyone else, honestly, in order to keep our democracy working the way it should. I believe. That's not what occurred here. And and the Hoover administration fucking fell apart with with, with the the Great Depression. So I guess what you're trying to say is that doing crimes was way easier a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. When... Yeah, there's less of a paper trail, yeah. less of a way to track things, and honestly, less government oversight, congressional oversight. Because again, some, something that came out of this was the fact that the con- Congress can now subpoena anyone's taxes to look them over, regardless of who you are. Um, that is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, congressional oversight is a good thing, for sure. Is the um, other... Oh, I was going to actually ask you this earlier. Is the other big kind of takeaway from this... Because you mentioned that as, as long as nobody says it's a bribe... It can't really be pinned as a bribe, which is... uh, Well, it can be. But you Um, need, like... It has to do with means and motive, you know what I mean, at at particular times. And, like, the the argument they tried to make was that, like, well, that was before I got Elk Hills and Buena Vista and, and we got, you know, Sinclair got Teapot. And it's like, well, yeah, and that's because bribes generally happen before... Yeah. You do something. You know, like that's not a good defense in my, in my 
Uh, yeah, no, it's my belief. It, it it feels very much. It feels very flimsy. Yes, it's very flimsy. And honestly, all of their defenses were incredibly flimsy, but legally sound for the time. Yeah, we've closed some of those holes, but certainly not all of them. I mean, we're still doing it. You know, yeah. we're still leasing out public land bit by bit to yeah. You know, corporate interest for the same thing. Are people being bribed to take them? I don't know. You yeah. know, I'm not going to make those allegations. I don't have any proof. Uh, we can always use that magical A word, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. yes, exactly. Now, Thomas Walsh, real quick, just the last guy. He was he was the last one. I'm I'm really going to tell you what happened to. He he was the guy that started the investigation. They took Coolidge took him off, by the way, which make them th- look that bad. pissed him off yeah. uh, but because they put special counsel in place and all these things but Thomas Walsh he became a pretty prominent figure in the Democratic Party at that time uh, because of the Teapot Dome uh, investigation he was looked upon as a leader uh, in the Democratic Party he was actually looking for the the nomination um, when FDR got it and uh, FDR was like well you can be Attorney General hey that's not and it bad. was pretty good it was right up his alley yeah. and he accepted the only reason why he accepted, by the way, is kind of for a less honorable reason. Reason, and that was because FDR kind of promised him a uh, Supreme Court position. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the thing was, though, is uh, Thomas Walsh. He died on March second, nineteen thirty-three, and that was at that time inaugurations happened in mid to late March. Hmm. Uh, rather than in January. Okay. Right. So he missed the inauguration and actually never served as attorney general. Um, and they had a big funeral for him and all that stuff. That ha, was kind of the end of, Colin of Walsh. Attorney <laughs> yeah. general elect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Colin Powell, was he? He wasn't attorney general, was he? Wasn't he? I, I thought don't he think was. So. I don't think so. I thought he was. That's, that's like the government's lawyer, basically. Like yeah. the executive He tells me not lawyer. to smoke cigarettes. No. That's what I know. Well, no, surgeon that's the surgeon, surgeon general. That's the surgeon general. That's basically like Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. The sorry. doctor of the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Surgeon of the United States. Yeah. The doctor of the United States says don't smoke or don't eat trans fat. Or, right, right, you know. right. Don't eat red meat. Whatever. <laughs> oh, he was Secretary of State. Yeah. Yeah, Secretary of State. There you go. Same uh, position held by uh, Hillary Clinton under yes. Obama. Yes. Yes. But her um, emails. And by the way, uh, <laughs> there were there was a healthy amount of uh, corruption allegations with Donnie's uh, Secretary of Interior for the exact same reasons as Teapot Dome. So there you go. It, it's a tradition that continues to this day. Hey, you know? <laughs> so I don't know uh, how that tradition. should make one feel. <laughs> well, well, again, again, it's it's this push and pull of regulation, deregulation, and conserving public land for whatever reason, you know, whether it be a, an old school TR cons, uh, conservationist attitude yeah. or like we have to save the grouse yeah. of a particular area. And some people, they go, uh, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. Fuck the grouse. Yeah. You know, we're, let's, let's make some money. Let's balance the budget. Okay. You balance the budget at what cost, right? Mm-hmm. Cost to our public lands, cost to our fucking global climate crisis yeah and it, it's still happening yeah there, there's still people taking away from our public land from our minerals and resources they buy it at a bottom dollar and then sell them at a higher dollar mm-hmm. you know like natural gas is the big one right now yeah. oil is actually american oil is very low because well, it's hard to sell 
but natural gas is fucking sky high, right? Fracking is the big one. Well, the great you know. thing about natural gas is it's natural. It's a na- it's it's <laughs> see they hide behind <laughs> it's in the that. name. <laughs> yeah, they don't mention the fact that it poisons the groundwater. The fact that you can light it on fire, like you know, gas land. You that, know, look at that. Yeah, that reminds Not me. It's kind of chilly in here. You guys want me to throw in the fireplace? <laughs> <laughs> Burn some natural gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that um, we were just going to be lighting each other's farts. Oh, no, yeah. that comes after. Cool. <laughs> but but. Yeah, like let's have some vigilance, folks. Like like let's have some sanity in our government and and some vigilance and and not let corporate interests buy and pay for our government. Yeah. And the greed boys. They're different than the history boys. They're way greedier. Yeah. I just made them up now. I mean, <laughs> I didn't They're the make bad them. they're bad guys. They're the bad guys. We're yeah. the good guys. So, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, their names are Piler and Perry and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's P, but Patty. Yeah. Patty. And Patty. And Peck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is, in a nutshell, the Teapot Dome scandal. Now, if you want to know more, and if you're really into government intrigue and, and the, the minutia of the, of the cases, and there's a bunch of them involved in this case, I do highly recommend the Teapot Dome scandal by Leighton McCartney. Great book, a lot of great research, dispelled a lot of myths that were created at the time that took literally 80 years to unravel. Mm. Um, well done. Well done book. Highly recommend that you go and see that for all the little details. It proves all these things to be what they are and just fraud. Defrauding yeah. the American government, defrauding investors of their own companies so they could make a bunch of money. Like, that's what you do. When, when you buy stuff from a different company, filter it through a shell company, and then sell it at a markup to your own company, all you're doing is defrauding your investors. That's what Enron did. I'm, I'm, well, it was fake money with Enron, but Enron, WorldCom, that's what happened with them. Yeah. And that's a story for another day, and I'd love to get into that. Jeez, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that it just, as somebody who grew up taking history class, you take American yeah. history, you think that there's something like, like I guess, uh, justice forward and inscrutable about the people that are installed in our government with a handful of exceptions, but really those are the exceptions that like escape the terminal velocity right. of, of our own propaganda, essentially. Well, yeah, and when, when I was in school, Teapot got mentioned. But it was never explained, A, what it was, why it was important, why we need to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And that's its own level of propaganda, right? Now, I don't know if it's different now, mm-hmm. but, but it, without understanding, it will keep going. You know, it's it just like, what's the old adage, you know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in this sense, the 1% is not necessarily doomed. Yeah. They're now glad that yeah. we've all forgotten about right. things like So they get to do it again. Yeah, so they can do it again. You yeah. know, and maybe this time they've learned from history and they can get away with it. Right. You know, exactly. especially if we're a disinterested populace or a distracted populace. Yeah. You know, which we got plenty of those. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating because I've never heard about this story before and like yeah. living all over the fucking world, going to school and everything, like... Our history courses weren't obviously not American history centric no, no, at all. So, no. yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, and it makes me sad. 
that <laughs> we still keep doing the same bullshit, yeah. and it's it doesn't true. matter if it's a fucking politician or some rich fucking celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do it over and over and over again. They're gonna get you. These are the people that are pulling the wool over your eyes. Hmm. You know, they they want you to to be in this way. Don't question it. Yeah. So I can keep going. I can keep making mm-hmm. this money. I can keep doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, God, it's infuri- It's infuriating that it ever happened. And it's infuriating that even now it's still happening with an air of legality to yeah. it. Just like back then. Ugh. Yeah. Well, folks, that was our story on the Teapot Dome scandal. I am look- really looking forward to 2024. Um, I got a lot planned. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about all of it. Yeah, thank you to all of our listeners, especially our Patreon listeners. We love even our Lurker listeners. We love you all for listening to the show and sharing it with your friends. Of course, giving money to the show, that all makes a huge difference. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm Maddie Moon, and um, <laughs> sorry, we, uh, like we changed it up, and now I'm confused. Well, I was just going to, you know, as I as I normally do, is just, you know, shout out the Patreon, although we already did. Mm-hmm. Um, remind you that we have t-shirts. If you want to get some t-shirts, you can uh, message us on Instagram or email. Um, Podcast at gmail.com. Exactly, yes. Or DM us on or DM us on Instagram. If you are a Patreon, you get a little bit of a discount. Um, it's a really good way to, yeah, just like, just support us. If you listen to us, you can throw us, you know, do it yeah. for a month or whatever. And, and get a t-shirt bucks. and be a shirt brother. Yeah, you can get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get a t-shirt, be a shirt brother. And shirt brother. Start moving your head around. <laughs> yeah. I like this guy. He's got good taste. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm Maddie Moon and I'm History Boy. Indeed. And uh, I, I'm Tyler Armentrout. Uh, whether I'm a listener uh, at home or whether I'm guesting on the show, uh, it's 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 good to good to hear it. Good to be here. Uh, excited about what Jerry has in store and all of the History Boys for 2024. And uh, yeah, I'm Zach Mech. I'm also a History Boy. Uh, really stoked about this year. Like we've said, we've we have some big stuff happening uh this year including a new studio being built yes that's gonna rule so uh if it if today's episode sounds kind of awkward and weird we're in a new space at the moment but uh trust us it's gonna be sick sick. (laughs) yeah yeah so uh i'll be around for the next couple of episodes and then i'll be out on the road with gary newman again so uh go look at that tour and come and say hi yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. Go go say hi to Zach on the Gary Newman tour. Like, go, see, <laughs> go see Gary Newman. It's a really Dude. good show. Jerry and I went. Holy shit. And it was shit. so it was good. I was show. blown away by how good it was. Incredible show. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Chris, uh, have fun uh, yeah. wherever you get yeah, your dysentery Yeah, he's listening. So, yeah, so Chris, uh, he, he is on a, a vacation to Peru mm-hmm. with his wife. Um, he'll be back in two weeks. Pisco sour. Mm, yeah, yeah. Rude. They're gonna, they're gonna go to Machu Picchu. Um, they're gonna go all, all over the, the good place. stuff. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, let's. I think that's it. I think that's all we have, Mister Zach Mech. No, let's have Tyler do it. Love okay, you, bye. Fuck it. Love <laughs> you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Without a lot of fun.
time. Or I guess we want more than.